0: Welcome to Double Fries, No Slaw. We are midweek. We've got a pop-up episode. TJ Pinder, Richie Barnes, and Coach Brian Penske. Coach, welcome to Tallahassee, and welcome to Double Fries, No Slaw. How you doing?
1: I'm well. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Richie. Appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Appreciate you uh, taking some time out. Have you been busy? I know it's uh, crazy. Season's just a little over a month away. Um, In fact, I think it was a year ago yesterday that Last year's schedule dropped. So I'm keeping my eyes peeled for the schedule to come out. Should be soon, I would assume, right?
1: Yes. I think uh, I've been told by Brett um, that it should be this week. So All hopefully, right. oh, hopefully, tomorrow or Friday and worst case, Monday. But yes, any day. Awesome. Any day.
0: Super excited for it. Um, so Double Fries, No Slot, we talked about it a little bit before. Uh, an ode to Guthrie's. Haven't made it to Guthrie's, but it's like a stone's throw away from the. From the soccer complex you got it got to get it soon um get it catered in it's great for it's great training uh training food for sure but uh, <laughs> for you not for the team um but uh yeah, what you that. W- what's your what's your go to like go to like comfort food or go to like Oof. junk food like that guthrie is not the most healthy right like yeah. it's a chicken tender place but what's your go to for that
1: yeah i'll tell you what i'm a i'm a i'm a mediterranean like, uh, kebab, chicken kebab. Yeah. Like Greek, like,
0: yeah, yeah. Like almost like Greek vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yes. Yes. Actually right now I am, uh, and I, I don't know if I probably shouldn't say this, but I've been living in college town. They got me in an apartment down there. And so (laughs) I've just been, I've just been working right. And then traveling and recruiting. So when I'm here, I just try to find something quick. And so whether it's, yeah, okay. There's like a
0: Zoe's there. No, you could say it. It doesn't bother us.
1: Uh, the place <laughs> that's right there is uh Vale Food Company.
0: That's right. People love yeah. their, like they're kind of like fresh bowl. They're more he- they're way more healthy than yeah. If you, <laughs> you should go there more than like, four to one on Guthries. <laughs> yeah, it
1: checks. It checks. I don't know if it checks the Mediterranean box, but it checks like the 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 chicken, the the rice, vegetables, pita yeah. stuff like that. It's pretty good. It's pretty and it's easy. It's right across the street from where I live, so it's beautiful.
0: I don't know if they still had it and I'm literally just trying to look it up right now. But Madso, if you're in college town, you're mm. not far from there. Madso yeah, used there. to have a they used to have a pretty good um like Greek salad or Greek bowl or something like oh. that. I don't know if it's still oh. there. If they don't, they've oh. got great everything else. Yeah, so I went there I went was a, cool there a place couple, couple
1: weeks ago. Um we sat out back, watched something something I forget what was on. We watched a little bit of sports. Um that was uh that was a cool little spot, actually truth is i hear madison So what's it called mad social i literally hear social, yeah. every night at about one thirty
2: a.m when i'm rolling over <laughs> yeah no it yeah. uh that recess upstairs just playing yeah. the music 100
1: percent. yeah
2: it changes yes. like if you go in there
0: on a you know a saturday afternoon i love how a lot of you guys' games are like on a thursday friday night like when you get into town and then saturday a lot of times in the fall you're you're free because football's yep. playing right so yeah I love if you go to Madso like first thing Saturday morning. It's like the most like old, like it's all the alumni coming back like for like getting That's brunch. Cool. It's just That's chill. Cool. And then you come back like after the game, it's a totally <laughs> different vibe. Like well, it is I've, very different uh, how oh, that yeah. scene changes. Uh,
1: I've seen a little <laughs> bit of that. I actually was away recruiting and got back uh, actually the morning of July 4th. And so there were lots of bodies walking around uh, the afternoon of the 4th and not a whole lot of clothing being worn. Everybody, there, wa- there wasn't a pool in sight, but everybody had a bathing suit on.
0: Yeah, I know. For sure. That's the vibe there in college town, yes. for sure. Yeah. yeah, Welcome to Tallahassee, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of getting to Tallahassee, I want to start here. Um, a little bit of an awkward situation with – Just the way that the transition happened, you know. I was talking with Richie about this. Obviously, there are similarities with other coaching exits and entrances, but I can't really think of too many situations where a a coach wins a national title and then of his own choosing, or of the school, either way, uh, is no longer at the school the next year, right? Unless they're like retired, go off in the sun, like something like that, right? Yes. Um, So very different. Uh, A lot of times when a coach... Is brought into a program, it's usually because the program's not very good, and you're having to like you're having to rebuild it, or things have gone wrong with that program. Um, but very different in your situation. Um, so can you just you know again? Well,
1: there's nowhere to go but down. Is that what yeah,
0: <laughs> that might be the title of the episode. Oh, Great man. start to the interview, um, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But well, I, I just want to talk about that. Like I want to talk about that process because I mean you you know you were a coach in an SEC school. It's like you just like fell off the you know, yeah. fell out of the sky. Like you knew yep. that Mark was no longer here and Mike, obviously, and, and the team reached out to you. So you talk to us a little about that process of getting to Tallahassee and then we'll kind of transition that into
1: yeah. talking about
0: the expectations and being at yeah, first. State. Totally.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was uh, recruiting in New Jersey at the end of March and end of May. And uh Nate Norman is the coach at Notre Dame and he and our good buddies and we're just sitting there talking and he's asking, how's it going and things like that. And I, I, I had this moment of, you know what? Let's think about it, Nate. Like, can you think of any sport where a coach has won a national championship and then left? Um, And like you said, the only case would have been a retirement, but we couldn't even, we tried thinking long and hard. Um, We didn't watch that game that we were supposed to be watching. We were trying to think of, is there another coach out there, another scenario where, someone was walking into a, a, a current reigning national champion and we couldn't think of one. So, um, obviously, you know, the, the college soccer world, the women's college soccer world was rocked that afternoon when Mark left. Um, and I've known a couple of people inside of this administration going back to my Maryland days and, um, I started talking to one of them the next afternoon, um, Jim Curry. He, uh, he called and, um, he was kind of feeling out my interest level. Um, but he was also running some names by me, um, as they started, you know, kind of this process of moving forward. And, um, and it's funny, I kind of acted as a little bit of a consultant to him in the process, because in many ways right there, right then I I I wasn't interested in the position because I wasn't interested in stepping into Mark's shoes. Uh, Mark has been unequivocally in in my opinion and in plenty of people's opinion, the best in the business um, for the last 15 years. And then clearly the best in the business in the last 10 years. And so um, who, who wants to do this? I'm I'm, I'm good friends with Wes Hart, who uh, Wes was Mark's assistant in 2013 and 14. So for Mark's first national championship here, um, in 2014, and I've got a little text thread with Wes and a couple other coaches in the SEC. And about a week after Mark left, we were joking about it. And uh, Wes said, I wouldn't touch that job with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> and, and Wes had been here, right, for a couple of years. And, um, but then a little bit of time went by. And, um, you know, my mind, uh, I, think, I think in some ways I was in a place. I'd been at Tennessee for 10 years. And, and, and everybody's different. Every coach is different. Everybody in life is different, right? And uh, some people can be in places for 15, 20, 30 years. And that hasn't been me. You know, I was at the University of Maryland for 10 years and, and I chose to leave. And when I left Maryland, we had just been in the Sweet 16. We finished, you know, I think 10th or 11th in the country. We were good. And we had a top recruiting class coming in. Um, not that dissimilar to right now, leaving leaving Tennessee. Um, but at that time, 10 years ago, I I I had a little bit of itch, a little bit of an itch, right? A little bit of an itch for a different challenge. Um, And I've had a little bit of the same thing, honestly, um, the last little while. And it's nothing, you know, I love Tennessee. Um, I loved our life. I loved our team. We had a great team returning. And Tennessee is set up to be successful moving forward. Um, But I've had an itch. The question is, was... Was 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 this the place that uh, I wanted that itch to be scratched <laughs> by? Um, um, and it kind of got to a place where I was like, okay, Jim, I'll 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 have a serious talk. And um, I'm 53. Um, thankfully, I've had some experience and uh, a lot of experience in this game is about you got to be able to recruit, you've got to be able to coach um but also very importantly you just you got to be able to deal with people you got to be able to talk to people you got to be able to listen to people right you got to be a good leader um and that is oftentimes um at least half the battle and uh, i feel like my experiences um you know 25 years in the college game are going to serve me well um i think i'm naturally a, a, a pretty empathetic person and uh I've tried to show that for these players because I have all the empathy and understanding and and and, and heartfelt, you know, kind of kind of sympathy for what they've been through. Um, but I also know sometimes that's life and change happens. We all face it, right? And so, so now the last couple months has just been a. It's, I could talk, you know, for a long time what the last couple months <laughs> has been about, right? From literally trying to recruit a team. Right. Because we, we 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 had a, a, a time, I think, in uh, second week of May where we had nine, somewhere between nine and 11 kids committed, you know, on, on our roster for this coming fall. So it's just been about developing those relationships and getting kids to trust me and um, and then eventually putting together a coaching staff, which I think is um, we're, we're about to be ready. I probably along with the schedule announce that within the next, hopefully 24 to 48 hours, who my assistants are going to be. And I think we have a great staff. We have a lot of good returning players coming back. And, um, and then, and then, and then the last piece is just time. Right. And I said this to, I said this actually to Mark on the phone about six weeks ago. Um, I said, Mark, I'm really glad that you're healthy. And I'm really glad that you're alive, but to be honest, like you leaving was a bit of a death for these kids, right? Like you, you, yeah. you are so much of the reason why they came here um, because of who you are as a person, who you are as a coach, who you are as a leader. And then in in five minutes, you're gone. Yeah. You still there for them when they want to talk, of course, but you, you, you were their coach, right? You were their guy every yeah. day. And now in, in five minutes, you're gone. Right. And that is a version of a death. And these kids need time. They need time to heal from that and be able to move forward. And I understand that. Right. Understand that. So here we are two and a half months later, three and three, three to four months since his departure. And I hope some of that time has healed kind of what these kids have had to go through.
0: Yeah. I've I've spoken with, we've had some of your some of your players now on, some some former players um, on, um, chatted with a couple of them uh, pre-year hire, post-year hire, and and kind of gotten some of their Feedback, but yeah, as you know, people people may not realize this because it doesn't get the notoriety that football does. But there were a lot of names in the portal uh, when you were hired and just before you were hired because of the deadline, right? Like you have to be in by a certain time, and you can always pull your name out, but if if you don't um,
1: go in by May first, then then right, you have no, yeah, you don't, you don't have to sit well.
0: out of here. So yes. you talked a little bit about that, but can you can you go a little deeper into you know actually recruiting? Um, the team that you literally already had on campus and talk a little bit about, uh, about that, you know, cause that's, yeah. that's an awkward thing, right? Like there's recruiting to convince somebody to, to come, but to convince somebody to stay is definitely different.
1: 100%. And, um, so like I said, we, we had, I believe of the returning players on about May 5th or May 10th, we had nine. Um, and then we had two incoming kids. So I think our, our total, you know, Uh, if we had to, if we had to turn in a lineup that day, I think we had 11 players um, for the fall. And uh, like you said, they all, they all went in because they needed to take control of their life. And if may 1st, you know, hit and they weren't in the portal, then they had no choice, but to come back to Florida state. And, you know, a lot of people understand the circumstances around Mark's departure and, 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 you know, kind of the, the, the Unfortunate, you know, ugliness of that, and these kids—they read about it, right? Mark did. Mark, Mark, Mark is a mature guy, right? He didn't kind of go out in flames with the kids, but they read their stuff um, and uh, the stuff that was printed in the media, and they—they they were left confused, right? Because Mark didn't sit around and talk about his relationships within the department while he was here, so the kids were blindsided by it, right? And they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know who there was going to be, who was going to be their coach. And so on May 25th, now they have a new coach, but they still don't know who that guy is. Right. And that guy is me. Um, And I walked into the room when I met the team and I I walked in um, like, like you said earlier, usually kids are excited to see their new coach because they're, really excited that their old coach is gone, <laughs> you know, and they've right. celebrated that for the past four to six weeks. That wasn't the case. These kids were in, in a state of misery, right? And I walked in and I just said, hey, look, I, I, I understand you're not, you're not that excited to, to see me right now. Um, and uh, this has been a hard time, and, and I get that. And uh, I just hope that over time we can develop a relationship and build a little bit of trust and, uh, and be able to move forward together. Um, and, and they grilled me in, in that meeting, right, about style of play and what are you all about and what's your culture about and are we going to do this? Or are we going to do that? And, and I liked it because they should have a right to do so. And I was, I was comfortable with it. How I did, I don't know. I'd probably give myself a Maybe a C plus. Um, well, um, most
0: of them came back, so okay.
1: You did okay.
0: Maybe a B. We'll give you a B on this. B. Okay. B. Cool. Um, so <laughs> then,
1: then the next month we did a couple Zooms, and then uh, phone calls, a lot of texting. But it was honestly, it was, it was, it had to be really organic, right? And I recruit this way. I don't, I don't put deadlines on kids. I don't like. I don't, I'm not, I'm not like crazy aggressive and, and, you know, kind of forcing stuff out of kids. They needed time, right? They needed their own time and all of them were different, right? All of them were different. There was one, one, one kid who she was the last one to decide to stay. And she probably decided around June 15th ish, June, June 10th or 15th, because honestly she left here and she went home and she just turned all this off. She was so, just so sad about it. She just didn't want to think about it, right? And I understand that. She didn't want to face this reality. And I get that, right? So so it was just me checking in with them. Um, Had a couple Zooms with some of the players, and they shared what they liked about Florida State soccer. Um, They asked me questions about how I coach and what I'm all about. Um, I met with some of the kids and some of their parents. We had Zooms with some of the kids and their parents, phone calls, conference calls. And then just trying to get to know me. Right. And one dad was like very, very direct. And his daughter's coming back and I'm really excited. But he was he was great. And I appreciate it. He just said to me, he's like, look, it's all cloudy down there right now. Right. Like, we don't know who's coming back on the team. We don't know who you are. Right. My daughter's devastated. We don't know what to do. And all of that. <laughs> 1,000% true, right? And so how can you blame the guy, right? He's, he's looking after his daughter, right? I get it. I get it. And that's, that's exactly what I said to him. And so then over time, you just, you know, hopefully they heal a little bit. Hopefully they start to believe in me a little bit. And then hopefully they came back. And like you said, we are now sitting at, we got 21 kids on our team. Um, <laughs> we will take it. We will take it. And, and the opposite side of the, the whole portal thing was I got here April 25th. So if we were going to try and pick anyone up, well, the portal closed six days later. So it's not yeah. like I could be searching in the last two months for in, in the portal for kids to pick up. Our hands were kind of tied in terms of players that we could add going into the fall. So in so many ways, just, just, just a tough deal, right? Um, but yeah. we did pick up one player a kid who went in the portal in March. And she was a kid I was talking to. Um, her name is Oni Ekegini, she, uh, Oni Jennifer Ekegini. She goes by Joe. Um, she's been with the Nigerian full national team. She's a really good player. She played for Mississippi State. Um, we didn't like playing against her at Mississippi State. She's, <laughs> she can run with the ball. She's technical. She's good around goal. I think she's going to help us. We're excited about her.
2: And coach, uh, on that note, I watched your introductory press conference and one thing that really stopped me was Mike Lawford. He's been on our show countless times. Uh, we, we love the man. And he said he met with the soccer team before he made a hire, right? He said, what qualities are you ladies looking for in your next head coach? And he alluded that it aligned to pretty much everything that you have, right. From your time in the ACC with Maryland and then at Tennessee, that had to be a nice, you know, jolt of confidence. into to you knowing, even though they, they weren't, you know, advocating or endorsing you specifically that Michael Lawford, let's be honest. He, the man knows what he's doing. He's been around, been around the block for a while, yep. um, but he took their advice and you seemed to be his first choice that that had to feel good. When you heard him at your introductory press conference saying, listen, I met with all my players and these are the qualities we were looking for. And now you have the chance to prove it. So I'm excited to see how that works out.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, that was a wonderful endorsement um, from him. Um, you know, I, 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 I do take confidence from the fact that I've been in, in, in the ACC before. Um, we had some success um, when I was at Maryland in the ACC. And um, we had some success against the top teams, right? The Blue Bloods in this league are Florida State duke carolina virginia and um we've we've had success against those teams and so i know i can coach against those teams i know i can coach this team um i'm confident in 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 that and i'm not the kind of guy that's gonna come you know uh bulldozing through and and say that i'm the man um I, i but but i believe that i can do the job and if i didn't believe i could do the job i wouldn't be here right and so we've we've had uh I've had a number of people saying congrats on the job. Fifty percent of those have just been general congratulations, and then fifty percent of them have been congratulations on having the guts to take the job, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and fair play to all of those, right? Because it does sure take some courage, um, but uh, I do believe in myself, and I believe in the staff that we've put together. Um, I'm thankful, you know, that, that Michael, um, is supporting me and, 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 you know, putting obviously his name behind me. And I take that with a lot of, uh, you know, with a high level of seriousness and I want to do right by him and do right by this administration.
2: Yeah, coach. And, and with all due respect, I think Florida state fans at first, when they say, man, this guy was 10, 20 and four in his first two years at Maryland, not great, right? Uh, I, not great, but When you look at your final record, 67, 53, and 20, you clearly turned it around. And like you mentioned, in the ACC with schools like Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia, like the the Mecca, Notre Dame is in our conference, the Mecca of women's college soccer to make that kind of turnaround. Clearly you didn't take over a great program at Maryland, but you left them in a much better place than you found. That has to give you a lot of confidence as well. Coming back to the ACC, despite following some massive footsteps, you know, we've mentioned coach K, we know his success. And you even said like, that's a job. I don't know what I want, but it takes a lot of courage to take it, but you have a track record proven that suggests you are the man for this job.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and, and, uh, I don't thank you for talking about my first two year record, but that's okay. (laughs) It's a fact. It's not an opinion. Um, However, I, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that in, in those last three years at Maryland, 2009, 2010, 2011, we, um, those were the three years where you know, we had all the kids that I had recruited. And in those three years, we finished top 10 or 11 in the country. In 2010, we were number one national seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, we uh, beat North Carolina twice in a row before I left. We beat Florida state twice in a row before I left. We tied and beat Virginia um, before I left. Um, we were a good team. We were a good team. And, uh, and then we had a little bit of success at Tennessee as well. So um, again, I, I, I know I can do the job. Can I do what Mark has done here? Honestly, I don't know that anybody can do that. And I don't expect that of myself. And if the ex- expectations are to win three national championships in the next eight years, That's just unfair, and I know that Michael and this administration doesn't have that expectation. They expect us to compete for national championships. They expect us to compete for ACC championships. We're going to do our best in doing so, but it's really hard. It's really hard, and I think in the totality of women's soccer, I think there have only been nine national champions, and I think only six or seven schools have done it repeated times. It's hard to do right? And I know it's hard to do, Um, but I just want to put ourselves in a position where we're competing to do so. And uh, look, on this team right now, and and I say this with all teams, the best teams are are led by, by the players. And right now we're walking into a team full of, I said we have 21 kids on our team. I believe about 15 of those, and I should learn this number because it's an important number, about 15 of those are reigning national champions, right? And so 15 of those kids have done something that that all three of us coaches haven't done before. And so we need in many instances, we need to take their lead. Right. And we're going to do it. And I'm comfortable in my own skin enough to say that to them. Right. Yet, knowing at the same time, there are going to be plenty of times and instances where they need to take our lead. Right. And we're going to be leading the ship. We're going to be talking about what we need to do. But we're going to all do it together. And that's the most important thing.
2: Yeah, coach. I don't know, man. I kind of want those six stars on the jersey in the next eight years, but I think you made some some fair points, (laughs) Um, but but I want to talk about you you just building culture because anyone who follows sports and we're obviously a heavy college football podcast, although we cover all Florida State sports, um, but we know culture does not breed individual success if it's not at the right level, right? But coming from Tennessee, you had Bunny Shaw and Kitty Cousins both make all America teams. And again, that does not happen without some sort of culture. How do you sell that on the current team that say, listen, you know, we won the SEC East. I was coach of the year and I had two All Americans on my squad. I want to make all of you that, right? Because that that's what we're building towards. And the culture was clearly good to coming off a national title. Um, but to me as a fan, that gives me a lot of confidence. But it's another thing to sell it like you kind of alluded to, to the players and coach or players and parents that you can bring that culture that listen, we're not just going to have team success. We're going to have individual success, but it's the team success. That's going to breed that individual success.
1: Uh, 100%. And we are all, it is, it is not about any one of us. It's not about me. It's not about my assistants. It's not about any one of these kids. It is always going to be about the greater group and all uh, about all of us. And, um, and we've got to preach that. And I know Mark has done an amazing job with that. And these kids have total buy in with that. They all understand and accept their role. They all develop and want to get better. And that has, in turn, bred that team success and, and culture. They asked me, that's one of the questions. Um, I, I can't remember whether it was Emily Madrill or Jenna nicewanger asked me that question in that first meeting. Tell me what your culture What's important to you, Brian, as a coach um, in terms of culture? And uh, I kind of threw it back on them. I asked them to tell me a little bit about Florida State culture because, um, you know, they, that can be a buzzword. Right. And, 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 you know, what does it really mean and what are the most important things? And I will forever remember Jenna Nicewanger looked up at me and, and her answer when I threw it back on them was was trust. Right. And I think that's a big word, but that's everything. Right. That's trusting each other that's trusting your actions that's trusting that you're going to show up and compete every day. That's each other, ha- having each other's backs, right? It's trusting each other in really tough moments. Cause this fall we're going to have tough moments. That's that's, that's the cycle of every team in every season. So I'm going to share with them when we get together in early August, the things that are really important to me and, 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 and really that, the, the biggest thing is the, the embracing that we're all in this together. Um, We've got to be good, right? You can have a phenomenal culture, but not have talent, and therefore not be very good, right? So don't mistake the 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 need to have talent, right? Because talent wins, no question. Then you got to be organized, and then you got to have everybody moving in the same direction. And anytime somebody wants to move in their own direction, that's a problem. And as a coach or as a leadership group within a team, you got to be able to sniff that out because that's the kind of stuff if that if that crawls and creeps within a team really a season is over before it starts and uh and they're gonna hear that from me and that's important stuff for us and uh moving forward we're gonna we're gonna have highs we're gonna have lows but through all of it we gotta we gotta remain together love it
0: um we've uh like Richie said, we do have we do enjoy, um, truthfully, covering every every sport. Mostly because football has been down for the last couple of years, so it's been great that all of our other sports are elite. So it's like some some relief. But now uh, we really have enjoyed, um, you know, kind of meeting different coaches and, and learning about their styles and learning about their programs. There's been a lot of turnover, right? With um, Lincoln announced a couple of weeks ago, Brooke taking over for Sue you coming in there, there's been some, some good turnover and there's some names that have been here, been around forever as well. But, uh, have have you, you know, I know you've been busy, but have you even gotten a chance to like, you know, develop any relationships? I know, you know, Lonnie's like right next door to you. So maybe you see her the most, but have you gotten a chance to develop any relationships out outside of the soccer building, you know, in between your work?
1: (laughs) No, you know, I, I wish I had got, you know, had had more time to do that. It was funny. I met with, uh, um, Steven Ponder earlier today the the yeah. new head of the Seminole boosters and he alluded to he's like yeah we're gonna you know roll something out at the head coaches meeting and I was like oh wow I hadn't even thought of uh, having a head coaches meeting that and then I was like wow that'll be cool because I'll get to see them again a lot of them were at my introductory press conference and I would say almost all those guys and and women I haven't seen since. Right. Um, I was happy to be on a plane, um, with Brooke, uh, Wyckoff, um, which was nice. We got to chat, um, um, a little bit. Um, obviously like you said, I've talked to Lonnie a little bit. I've actually probably, probably my newest best friends have been her two assistants, right? Um, those guys have been, um, amazing. Travis and Troy, I kind of, they're, they're my go-tos when I, when I need a a little something answer. And I text those guys, they've been great, but, uh, I look forward. I'm, I mean, we're, we're a little bit separated over here in, in the soccer building, um, but I look forward to being over and more and kind of meeting more people and uh, and getting to know each other a little bit more over time. But I've been, I've been, I've been lost in my own world.
0: <laughs> it is a fun group. There's a lot of personalities in it. Uh, you're right. Troy and, and those guys, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And they're, they're funny and um, T Will and those guys, like they're, they're great. So, I got one more for you. It's kind of an off the wall question. Maybe make you, uh, I like it. Um, maybe uh, make you think a little bit, and then go with it. Would you say you're more motivated? I stole this from another podcast, so it is what it is. But would you say you're more motivated by the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? And then we'll let you get out of here.
1: I know that's Ooh. a tough
2: one. Save the tough for last.
1: Gosh. <laughs> um, I, I, wow.
2: So like, are you Michael Jordan, where like, where you win and you're petty and you're like Isaiah Thomas, you're not coming on my USA team. Like, <laughs> I'm doing my dad. own thing. I'm the man. It, not that might be not be the best example. Or the guy that's no. just grateful. Like, had Dan Marino won a Super Bowl, he would have just been the happiest man in the world, right? Happiest so man a in a the tough world. Balance, right? Right.
1: I I think it's it's the agony of defeat. Like honestly, yeah, yeah. like there's nothing worse than losing. There's nothing worse than losing. There's no greater drug than winning, like winning, winning is elite. Um, However, winning just allows you not to feel the agony of defeat. Right. And there is, you know, like and there's nothing worse than that, the agony of defeat. And so avoiding that feeling is. A high in and of itself right and so my my joy is almost in and i'm thinking as i'm answering my joy is in not having to feel that agony oh it's freaking (laughs) so i
2: so i think of immediately and we'll let you get out of here in a second coach but when i was a kid maybe well i was 10 years old About 40 Florida years State ago loss no yeah <laughs> <And Florida> State <laughs> lost to, to tennessee in the national championship oh of football. yeah and i remember going to bed crying that night and my dad's like don't worry we'll be back next year and we won the national title the next year against virginia tech and michael vick and even in my adolescent mind i'm thinking man that that loss to tennessee stings a lot more than this winning the joy virginia tech helps yeah yep. so i i love that answer coach I and really i think do. part of
0: it is Part of it is when you expect to be great, right? Yeah. If you're if you're mediocre to bad to average, it's not. It, it might be the other. It might be the thrill when you expect oh. to be great, and the expectations at Florida State for all ten pro like all the programs are to be elite. And so, when your expectation is to be elite, it's it's the agony of defeat because no, I- when you luck into a win, like I was a Rays fan, two thousand eight, we lost in the World Series. <laughs> No big deal. We weren't expecting to be there. Right. Like it didn't hurt beat conference. the Red Sox, like, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but yeah, when you lose at Florida State, when we lost when, when the softball girls lost to Mississippi State, that was worse than making the World Series the we were before. It was. It was way worse than that was good. So, yeah, I'm I'm spot on. I'm I'm in total agreement there. Same yeah, answer.
1: All about expectations, right? It's like yeah. someone someone telling you, "Dude, you got to go see this movie. It is the best movie I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life." And there's no chance that movie's going to meet that expectations. Yeah. It is all about expectations in life. Yeah.
2: Unless it's Which Maverick, 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 yeah, Maverick. I was going to say Maverick might be <laughs> <the>
1: Maverick.
0: <laughs> if they wake you up in college tonight, just go out and see Maverick. <laughs> 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 Coach, we are so excited for the season. We can't wait. Yeah. We'll definitely be at some games this year. I love when they butt them up to the football games so that we can kind of kill two birds with one stone. But cannot wait to watch you and, and the ladies this year. Um, thank you for spending some time with us. Um, and best of luck this year. We're we're really excited for it.
1: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for having me on, and look forward to following your show.
0: Absolutely, Thanks, thank you, Coach.
1: Okay, guys, thank you.
0: Take care, Coach Brian Pinsky, FSU Soccer Head Coach. Uh, appreciate him coming on and hanging out. Appreciate his time and the folks over at FSU for getting that set up for us. So, Richie, good stuff there. Um, we'll be back on Sunday for another episode, a regularly we scheduled have episode to
2: talk about Sunday. Like, got, has anything nothing, happened
0: this week? There's nothing, nothing right, happened at, yeah. at all. So nothing week. to prepare for. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> It'd be a quick 20 minute show. So appreciate yeah. coach for coming on. Um, yeah, he was really good. I love the expectations. I talk. love him, I loved all of that. He was I'm really, a big really fan good. already.
2: I'm already a big yeah. fan of coach Pensky. Like I watched some of his interviews beforehand. Cause I didn't want to ask a bunch of repeat questions that he's been answering the past four weeks. Right. Like let's see what he has to say to new questions. But man, I'm fired up and obviously we're, we're a big Florida State sports podcast, not just Florida State football. I'm excited for the future of the soccer program. I, I think Coach Pensky, his expectations—you cannot thing, follow Coach K. You yeah. cannot follow Coach K's footsteps, but he's damn sure ready to do try. And if he does, then my goodness, are are we the luckiest soccer program in the country?
0: And I love that they're. I love that they're just very different personalities. I love that he wasn't afraid to like just very bluntly talk about it and talk about. I mean, how could you yeah. not, right? Like, how could you not bring that? So yeah, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was fantastic. And like you said, when he got to the end, and we were talking about expectations, and um, you know, well, Har- Harlan's Har- yeah, gonna be like, clipping that later. But that will be all yeah. over the social media tomorrow. <laughs> that was awesome. So, well, cool. Well, like I said, we'll be back on Sunday. Appreciate Coach Pinski for hanging out. Appreciate his time. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Until next time, go Knowles.